be brave and ask yourself, what would Wonder Woman do? You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries. A community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, you asked for it. And here it is, served on a silver platter. You asked for DIY videos. Katie from Katie's Garage is a tax accountant by day and a YouTube vlogger by night. She takes her viewers back to car basics. Today, she sits down with us and shares her journey. Hello, Femcanics. This is Jamie B. And I have Kate Vanderpool from Katie's Garage in the driver's seat today. How are you doing today, Katie? I am doing amazing. Thanks so much for having me on. No, my pleasure. Let's dive right into this and let's uh, introduce the listeners to who is Katie's Garage. All right. So basically, Katie's Garage is partially my journey with getting back into the car industry and working on my project car. But the bigger picture of who I am and what I'm trying to create with Katie's Garage is a place for women to go online and access free information about uh, how to work on your car, how to maintain your own car, and just start from the very basics and just have a safe place to go where you don't have to feel like there's any stupid questions and you can start from the beginning at any age. I love it. You would mention just briefly there getting back into the automotive space. Maybe if we take it back a little bit, do a throwback here. What got you in the industry? What what, what gave you the itch initially? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> I've loved cars ever since I was a little girl. So I would be sitting in front of the television when I was two and I'd watch drag racing and I don't know why I liked it so much at the time, but my mom said it would keep me entertained for hours <laughs> as I drag got racing of yeah. all things drag racing. That's fascinating. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the noise and watching the cars go by quickly, but <laughs> I was very into it. As I got older, I started, I was kind of part of that initial fast and furious era, I would say. And just kind of saw this. What's that? Like a cult following. I love it. Oh, yes. So I kind of was like, this is a cool community. So I was 14 and I begged my mom to help me get a project car. Got my first car at 14 and it was a a Mazda MX-6 Turbo. That sounds fun. It was fun. (laughs) I needed a whole new transmission, basically a whole new front end. So I worked on that for two years in the garage with my stepdad and redid the whole thing. Absolutely loved it. From there, I just spent a lot of time in the shop at my high school and decided that I wanted to make automotive my career. So I went into auto body and I got to ask a quick question. So high school, Mm -hmm. you say, I want to go to shop instead Mm -hmm. of what the stereotypical girl thing to do is. How was that received by your family and by your peers and guys and girls? 
So I was pretty lucky to grow up in what I would say is a very um, inclusive type of family. My dad was always really supportive of us kind of taking the reins on being anything we wanted to be. So my family thought it was awesome and they totally supported me in that. And my friends, uh, my girlfriends didn't really understand it, but I was always a little bit of a tomboy. So I had a lot of guy friends uh, anyway in high school, joked around and had a great time with it. And they always took me seriously because I took what I was doing very seriously. And I think they could see that, you know, I had a genuine interest in cars and was really there to learn. So I've been one of the lucky ones, I would say, where I don't really have a lot of experience with negativity. Um, I've always felt really accepted into the automotive space. There's been very, very few times where I've had, you know, guys comment um, about working on cars for attention. So uh, I can speak a little bit to that in my college years, but for the most part, it was really just a cool space to be in. And that could have been part of being in a small town too. Yeah, that's great. So that was in high school. Mm-hmm. And what did you decide to go to college for? So I went to WyoTech and really wanted to do uh, automotive upholstery was what I was really interested in. And in order to do that, you had to pick a major, essentially, which is either collision or you go into mechanics. So I went with the collision and refinishing package, kind of with this dream of one day having a full shop where I'd be customizing cars and the the era of West Coast Customs, because this was back in 2007 um, (laughs) when I was going to school and kind of had this vision. So <laughs> did you end up graduating from oil tech then? I did. Yeah. Uh, I graduated in 2008 and unfortunately, you know, as a lot of, I'm sure the listeners can relate to that's right. When the recession hit and mm-hmm. so people weren't paying to customize their cars anymore. It just wasn't something that not something people were going to spend their money on at the time. So that kind of sent me back into working retail and things like that, not being able to find a job in the automotive space, which ultimately led me to going back to college again. So, What was your, what was your biggest barrier in trying to find a job in the automotive? Um, I think the biggest thing was, honestly, part of it was just not being willing to really relocate. There was only a couple of places that I was really interested in being in. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to go and work on upholstery. So I went to, you know, as many local shops as I could and they were all interested, but nobody had the money at the time to hire a brand new upholsterer essentially. So you know, it was a limited market, just not being really willing to relocate, kind of put a little bit of a pinch on things. Got it. So you ended up going back to school then? I did. So I went back to school to my local community college and decided to pursue a business degree. Thought it'd be a good way to complement the education that I already had. So if I decided to go back and build that shop that I always thought I 
wanted to build and still might one day, uh, I would have the full gamut of knowing how to work on the cars and also knowing how to run the full back end of the business. So great skills. Yes. <laughs> you went back to school, you majored mm-hmm. in business. Yep. And then what did you end up going into then? Uh, so right now I am a tax accountant and I, I pause because when you first told me that and <laughs> I, I want to, I want to give the listeners an opportunity to let that sink in a moment because in yeah. our pre-interview and when I read your form, uh, the pre-interview form, I'm like tax accountant. Wow. That is just automotive to tax accountant. How did you end up there? So I've always had um, a really strong uh, mathematics tendency. Um, (laughs) And so basically, it was just one of those things. I was in business school and I was like, accounting, huh, I actually really like this. I liked (laughs) seeing like the patterns of how how everything worked and and comes together. So um, I took it and kind of ran with it. And so now I do my tax accounting during the day. I I work on a lot of different types of industries and I'm actually working or working towards some automotive clients right now. Um, just kind of bringing it full circle. And That's a great idea. Yeah. So it gives me a chance to see like how these automotive shops and dealerships kind of run their businesses too. So anything I can do to myself a more well-rounded person is always something that I should I'm striving towards. What a great message for women out there that have an interest in the automotive industry. It doesn't mean you have to work on cars per se, but what you're doing right now, Katie, that's brilliant. And I'm kind of doing the same thing with Safe Light Autoglass, where just because you're not working on cars or doing exactly what you want to do necessarily in the automotive industry yet. The, mm-hmm. the key is, is to continually educate yourself about the industry. And you, you're doing that where you're not just doing taxes or doing tax accounting. You're targeting the automotive industry. So you're continue, continually learning about the mm-hmm. industry as a whole. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I think it's just a really great way, you know, something that I want to point out to women and even men if they're listening is, If you have a passion for something and maybe you're not quite there in your life, you can always look for a way to bring that back into your life in one way or another, whether that's volunteering or being part of a club. You can view your job as a way to fulfill those passions, even if you're not spending your nine to five doing that. It's, there's always a way to kind of find that fulfillment that you're looking for. That's such a great message. And it's just about moving towards it. Absolutely. Continually move towards it. So even though you moved away from it temporarily, you're mm-hmm. finding your way back to it. Yes. Yep. And, you know, working with cars and helping women learn about them is a creative outlet for me. I know that we've talked about that before. It's, I get to work with my hands. And so during the day, I work a lot with my brain. (laughs) And then when I get home, I can kind of be creative and edit videos and work on my car and just kind of get that, that little bit of creativity that I might be missing during the day. We're going to spend a great deal of time talking about Katie's garage. 
How, how did you stumble upon it? Why did you decide the medium of, you know, YouTube video? Kind of walk us through that and kind of your journey through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Katie's Garage uh, it just kind of became my creative outlet. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine about cars, and girlfriends are not into cars at all. And she mentioned to me that she didn't know how to even change a tire on her car. And this is coming from a woman whose dad is a mechanic. So like he had always done everything for her. And Uh she told me, you know, I really wish I would have learned some of this when I was younger, instead of having to always rely on my husband or my dad to come and bail me out of these situations. So I was kind of thinking about that because people ask me car questions all the time. And I was like, you know, I'm looking for a way to be creative. I've got this project car I'm working on. This would be a really great opportunity for me to help women learn about cars. What's the project car? Um, I have a Toyota Celica. It's a 1991 convertible and it was just a junkyard save. So the guy said, I've owned it for 15 years, and if you're not going to take it, I'm going to take it to the dump tomorrow. <laughs> so I've been working on that. Since Did you December. get it for free? Uh, I paid $200 for it, but it Pretty probably should have been free. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was one of those ones where he said it needed a starter and a battery, and it'd be ready to run. And uh, uh, it's not been the case. <laughs> yeah. But uh, bringing it back to the YouTube channel, every time I want to learn something, every time I, you know, I'm working on my car and I get stuck or anything at all, I want to learn how to build a website, I go to YouTube. So I knew that that was a place where people were going looking for answers and it was a way for me to make sure that they can find that pretty easily in a place that they're already looking. How long have you had the uh, YouTube channel up now? I just started it a couple of months ago, I guess you could say. Um, I posted just one video of my project car, but the actual launch, I would say, happened about the first week of May. Mm -hmm. So I have three videos up right now that's in my car basics series. And that's the series that I'm putting together for the beginners. Um, and it's going to be kind of a, a sequence of this is where you start. And then by the end of it, you'll know how to do almost all your own maintenance on your car as far as doing your own oil changes, changing a tire, um, how to choose a mechanic for those more serious repairs. <laughs> and then, of course, I've got my, my vlog, which is covering all the craziness that's happening on the Celica. <laughs> now, is that a, a different um, location than the actual videos, or is it a one-stop shop? It's all on one. So okay. I have Katie's Garage, and I have two different playlists. So one is the vlog, which is more of just a – it's kind of fun and funky, and you're along with, with me while I'm working on it, and then – the basics is, of course, more of a tutorial style where I'm providing a lot of information. Why did you decide to go the the YouTube vlogging route? I think <laughs> it's awesome, by the way. <laughs> I just am really comfortable being in front of the camera now. So a couple years ago, I started another little consulting business, I guess you would say. 
And it was towards, I've, I've worn a lot of different hats. <laughs> it was towards um, people who owned horse-based businesses and how they could better bring their businesses online. And so I was already recording a ton of videos. And so when I shifted back into being really focused on my cars, I was comfortable with vlogging. I knew how to do all the editing. And I really am not a person who likes to sit down and type out a blog. I would much rather just say it to the camera <laughs> and be done with it. So I like you and I are very similar in that sense. My, my partner's an amazing writer and, you know, I'd rather watch paint dry than write. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'll sit here and have a conversation for hours with someone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. What was the process like in getting started? I mean, just this is purely from a curiosity standpoint where you decide to start the, the video. Like what goes into that process? Because it's... Yeah product, you know, you have a 15 minute long video, which mm -hmm. takes that long. Realistically, how many hours are really put in to just produce a 10 or 15 minute video? Oh gosh. Um, by the time I do all the planning and the filming and the editing, it, you're looking at at least five to six hours for a 15 minute video. And, you know, that's with me. I have this philosophy that a lot of people will say is done is better than perfect. So I might not have the highest um, production quality, let's say, but it still takes a lot of time. So I'm researching what titles to use for the video. I'm looking at other YouTube channels to see, you know, what people like and don't like about the video. I'm just always researching ways to put it together as best as possible. And then I do an outline for the video and I kind of have the highlights in my mind when I go to record. And then when I go to edit, I look and I edit it and I'm like, Oh, I missed something. I'm going to have to go record that. <laughs> so it depends on the video, but it really, it could be anywhere from five to 10 hours if you're if you're doing a really long really detailed instructional video great feedback that's one thing that people know it takes time but until you get into it like you were sharing how you need to make sure you have certain angles so that mm -hmm. you're not showing your address and just little details that sometimes you don't even think about but you need to think about yeah totally and that's a good thing to point out as well as if someone is thinking about starting a YouTube channel or even on social media is make sure that you are protecting your personal identity. It's really easy for us to let things slip. Unfortunately, there's a, a lot of things out there or a lot of people that might uh, do some bad things with that information. So yeah, it is important to make sure that you're protecting yourself while you're also providing good content. What does your husband think of all this? Because, I mean, obviously you have your day job and then mm -hmm. you have this. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily my husband is has always been really supportive of any of my adventures that I choose to partake. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he understands that it takes a lot of time and luckily he's kind of got his own projects that he is passionate about. So... We make sure that we're spending time together, 
quality time during the week. And, you know, we take a couple hours each night to work on the projects that we want to work on. And he's always been very supportive of it. He has zero interest in cars. (laughs) So he doesn't necessarily get it, but he's like, you know, if it makes you happy, then you keep on doing it. (laughs) Cool that he's uh, so supportive around it. Is there any other tips or things that you would recommend before we kind of travel down a different topic from YouTube and what it's like to start all that? Yeah. Like as far as if someone wanted to start their own channel. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the most important thing is consistency. And that's honestly the most difficult part is putting out a video each week. Uh, It's easy to be like, oh, I'll just do it next week. and. I would say like to start out with the very, very basics. So I do everything with my iPhone pretty much. And I have a MacBook, of course, to do my editing, but I have a tripod and my iPhone and that's all I started with. And then as you go on, you can keep, you can kind of start adding those uh, other equipment that you might need. So People care a lot about microphones and, or excuse me, the audio. So you might want to get a microphone and just add a little bit at a time so you can keep, you know, looking at, okay, what can I do to take the production value up to the next level and add a little bit. Uh, And then as far as strategy is just make sure that you're enjoying it and also remember that you're providing this as a service to somebody else. So it's really easy for us to kind of get wrapped in our own head and be like, well, I want to talk about this, but, and you know, you can do that, but you're also there to provide content that people are looking for and that they want help with. So always keep it in the back of your mind. Like, is this something that somebody would really want to learn? And that way you're not wasting your time on producing videos that, you know, maybe people aren't going to watch. That's great. Great feedback. I was just going to ask you about the equipment piece, but you covered that. You read my mind. (laughs) I mean, I have a little bit of everything now. So, I mean, I have soft boxes and I have a ring light, but most of my shooting I do in natural light with a tripod, an iPhone, and a mic. It's as simple as that, or you can make it as complicated as you want. (laughs) Wow. Wow. It, it, It just always amazes me how so many times we kind of fake ourselves out to thinking something is more difficult than what it really is. Mm -hmm. It's like we, we have this in, like we set these limits on ourselves. Yep. And it's exactly what you said. Done is better than perfect. Just get out there and get your hands dirty, so to speak, whatever that is for you. Right. Yep. Just start. (laughs) It, It is. It is. And, you know, I did the same thing with my podcast. And I think your vlog and my podcast started about the same time. And it's a process. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Katie, but I fail and screw up a lot more than I feel like I get right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But we're, we're our own worst critics, right? I we mean, are. most people don't notice, but we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah. Oh, and I totally understand what you're talking about. So how, how is the growth process going for you? Um, I would, it's going really well. So uh, consistency is something that I always have to kind of keep on top of. 
being an accountant, of course, we have our super busy times January through April. So things slow down. But I just started an Instagram page for Katie's Garage last fall. And I didn't do a whole lot with it. And then I, I just kind of flipped a switch. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. going to go all in. And the growth has been faster than I expected. And the amazing thing about it is that it just feels, it feels right. Like the community has been super supportive. I've made so many like online friends now, I would say. Of course, I I came across the Femcanic podcast and and it just started clicking along and I'm really excited to see where it's going to go. Isn't it interesting how everything just kind of falls in place when you're doing exactly what you should be doing? Yes. Yeah, I think that once you kind of yeah, once you find the right thing, it's it all just feels right. Not to say that that makes it easy necessarily, mm-hmm. but it definitely you'll just feel it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Where it's not that it's easy and not that it's the absence of challenge, but it's really about how you feel. There's some instances when you when you're doing something that it's it just doesn't speak to you or <laughs> it's my new favorite thing from the Pokemon movie. I watched it with my son is you don't feel it in your jellies. Yeah. <laughs> right? I love that. You don't feel it in your jellies. The challenges become monumental. But mm-hmm. when you're you're in your element and you're exactly where you're supposed to be, the challenges drive curiosity to figure it out. It's it's just a completely different feel. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, what you're calling out to women is seems to be pretty consistent is it's about being consistent and not giving up. Yeah, especially if you feel like it's the right thing for you, just keep going and keep going because growth is slow, you know, especially online. It's, it's a crowded space, but if it feels good and you, you'll know when it's time to stop if it's not right. Definitely just kind of follow your heart, uh, keep going, and you'll be surprised where you are a year, two years down the road. That's so well said. Someone said something to me once where they're like, Jamie, do the thing that you would do even if you weren't being paid. If you would do it for free and still love doing it, you're starting to go down the right path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Is this something someday you hope to do full-time? It's definitely something that I am thinking about, but right now I'm just kind of letting it unfold. I I would love to see, you know, an, a bigger online community arise from this, and maybe there would be some live workshops and even online workshops of, you know, how to work on your car, maintaining your car. Uh, And then maybe down the road, I will finally open that fully custom (laughs) car shop that I've dreamed about for 15 years. I'm just kind of enjoying the journey right now and just going to see where it goes. Katie, something you may want to kick around and think about is the collaboration part of it. 
And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I literally right, right before this interview, I was in another interview with Connie. Uh, she's the owner of Girls Behind the Gun. And mm-hmm. she talks about the collaboration piece. And mm-hmm. you do videos, you have these experts, and you collaborate with them. Absolutely. I think that would be an amazing thing to bring. And it's, it's such a powerful thing to, you know, I've just, I've seen it just from connecting with the women I have on Instagram and sending direct messages and having all these women come together where maybe we're in a space that we kind of feel alone in our physical location, uh-huh. but ha- you know, being able to come together and work on, you know, some fat, that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. And like, I've watched some of your videos and, and you're onto something here. And I didn't do a lot of digging, but you, you don't see a lot of female focused vlogs, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's really targeting the empowerment of women specifically, yeah. right? There, mm-hmm. There's vlogs out there around working on cars. There's tons of those. Absolutely. But when you talk about the target market that we're both focused on growing and empowering, wow. I, I would love, love to see you head down to uh, uh, Florida and do a, shoot a video with Connie and Madison. Madison doing, you know, welding and fabrication and Connie doing painting because we each have our niche, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Whereas you're figuring out this video thing. Well, instead of them having to figure out all the video stuff, you let them be them. And you mm-hmm. take your skills that you're developing and you be you. And then we just yeah. help each other out and continue sharing the story. That, man, that'd be really neat. That would be. I, you know, I hadn't even thought about the collaboration and sharing other stories as well. So, I, yeah, that's really a cool idea. Well, this the skill part of it. Like, I, I was talking to Connie and I'm like, you you learn all of these nuggets of knowledge. What are we doing to share it? Mm-hmm. Right? And some of this stuff, as you know, Katie, that you can't write about it. Like some, a lot of stuff with cars, you need to be able to see it. Yes. Hear it. If, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we can cultivate this medium more, the audio and the video, literally go down and you showcase their skills and be able to really teach the technical part of it. Wow. What a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be neat. Have something here. <laughs> and we can, we can partner together and lift each other up and, but man, that, that'd be a, a great op, great opportunity to really share knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, it would. I do want to share about the pre-interview form that I have all my guests fill out if you don't mind kind of sharing with the uh, listeners around what your proudest career accomplishment and your biggest career trade failure was. And I, I found it interesting. So right out of uh, graduating WyoTech, I pretty much had three locations I was willing to go to. It was going to be the Southern California, Denver, Colorado, or right here in my home state of Washington. Saw a casting call employee, you know, job posting, whatever you want to call it, um, at West Coast Customs when they were in Corona, California. And they had a very specific day and time that you had to be there for interviews. And, you know, I was working a retail job at the time. 
couldn't get that day off. So I flew down there anyway, the next week. <laughs> and I walked into the shop. And then I said, you know, I know that I missed the interview date. But I was hoping that you would be willing to give me a chance. And so I talked um, with one of the, the guys at the shop and gave him my resume. And we talked for about a half an hour. And you know, nothing ever came of it, unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, however you want to look at it. That was definitely a really cool part and point in my life where I had this confidence that I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And if you want to be at the very top of your game, you go to places like West Coast Customs <laughs> that's where you go. So I tried it. And, you know, obviously, I didn't get the job. But I am so grateful just for that experience. And the fact that I was willing to go out there and try it, even if it, nothing came of it. <laughs> I, I read that I'm like, boy, that that takes some I'm trying to change the the saying of things where you know, that takes <laughs> I'm like, hmm. It kind of goes against the whole premise of what Femcanic Garage is about. So maybe it's that took some tits. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we need to change some of our language here, but I, I don't know. But that that was a, that's a pretty cool story. I mean, regardless, I imagine it was an amazing experience. Yeah, it really was. And obviously, I didn't talk to the the boss or anything, but still a positive experience on the fact that they valued my time and were willing to give me an honest, you know, essentially on the spot interview. It was really, really cool. Let's launch into the red line round. What the red line round is, it's a five questions. There's no right or wrong answer to the questions. It's whatever comes to your mind at first is the the way to go. Are you ready? Okay. I, I think so. All right. <laughs> Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry? I would definitely say Jesse Combs was like my very first inspiration. She went to Wyotech a little bit before I did. And she was just kind of a trailblazer for people in my age group, I would say. Um, she always did things fearlessly. And I always looked up to her for that and kind of always wanted to follow in her footsteps. She she is a badass, and there is a nonprofit that her and uh, another woman started recently, which is Real Deal Revolution. Number two, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or get stuck on a job? YouTube. <laughs> um, YouTube is my go-to. <laughs> Uh, second would probably be forums. Like if there's a specific thing on my car that I need to figure out, there's always 10 people that have already done it and can help me. Number three, what excites you most about what you do? What excites me the most? I think that it's just a form of self-expression and a way for me to help other people. I really like having a higher purpose and feeling like, you know, the time that I'm spending here is contributing to making other people's lives better as well. What is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck, unsupported, or discouraged? 
think the biggest thing for me has been to just take a step back. So if I ever feel like things are going wrong or a negative light, I kind of stop and look at the environment that I'm in. You know, am I, am I following someone on social media that maybe doesn't make me feel good when I see their posts or, you know, is there some negative feeling that I'm having towards even working on my car? Sometimes just stopping and taking a step back and going, okay, what is causing like this anxious feeling or whatever negative feeling it might be? And what can I do to change that? I think always being really aware of your situation and your emotions around your environment and fixing it. Like you always have the power to kind of change your environment. So that's a very long answer, but basically take a step back and ask if there's something you can change. And what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in the skilled trades? I would say that if there's something that you're interested in doing, just try it. So try and try and try until you find your thing. And don't be afraid to do something that maybe other people might think you're crazy for doing. So um, stay true to yourself and be brave and ask yourself, what would Wonder Woman do? I love it. <laughs> what would Wonder Woman do? <laughs> that's that's outstanding. Katie, where and how can people connect with you and Katie's Garage? Uh, the easiest way is just my website, katiesgarage.com, and that's K-A-T-I-E, and that has my YouTube channel, my Instagram handle, so basically that's your home base for wherever you want to find me. Katie, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today. I so appreciate you spending in some time with the Femcanic community. Of course. Thank, thank you so much for having me on here. I, I love the message that you are putting out there and I'm excited to see where the podcast goes and to see where the community keeps going. Hey, this is Katie Vanderpool. I am the owner and founder of Katie's Garage, and I am a femcanic. Stephanie Hoffman is in the driver's seat next. She is a welder, metal artist, fabricator, former welding instructor, and currently works for the American Welding Society, touring with AWS's Careers in Welding trailer. You will not want to miss the story of this 4'11 expert welder. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast spread the word. This is Jamie B signing off. Are you a femcanic?